0: Good morning. It's a privilege again to be here to share God's word with you. I would like to take this opportunity to pass the greetings from Pastor Louis, he's in the south, and so he's passing on his greeting this morning. Can you please open with me in Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20. As you know, we've been busy with our series around Ephesians, and this is the last chapter in the book that we're gonna end off with. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10 to 20. If you are there, you can say amen. Amen. If you don't have your Bible here or anything like that, you can watch on the screens, thank you. It reads as follows. I'm reading from the NIV version. The armor of God, finally, Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let us bow our heads and pray. Father, we want to thank you. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Lord, this morning as we open our hearts, our minds, may you come, Holy Spirit, as you've been so evident this morning. Gently come speak into our hearts. Father, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. May we live differently than when we came because we will be full of your word and your life in us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everything about God is massive, there's nothing small about who he is. And so, whenever we speak about a battle, whenever we speak about a fight where God is involved, it's actually nothing that we can compare him to. I would like to just highlight something around that. In the scriptures, Isaiah 46 verse 9, it says these words in the New Living Translation. God is saying, remember what I have done in the past. Remember what I have done in the past. For I alone am God, for I am God, and there's none like me. The Scriptures tells us this, and there's other references, over 30 of them throughout the Bible, that God declares that He is God. And so, we always find out this whole big thing around who God is by understanding that He is actually big. And so, my title for this morning is this, Fight to Remain Standing, Fight to Remain Standing, Why must we fight to remain standing? If God is so big, if God is able to do so much more, if there's none like Him, why must we be fighting to remain standing? Have you ever wondered? And so, Scripture tells us, because God stands alone and there's none like Him, we need to understand that in the world around us, there are so many things that take hold of our attention that come against us, that we had to fight against obviously we understand this as believers that all this started when Adam and Eve fell in the garden and from then there was this battle this war between us and the enemy the devil Satan himself but where does God fit in this whole story where does God fit in in this whole story if God says I am God and there's none like me Yet, we have to go on and we have to fight. You know, we normally see it when we go in the movies, good versus evil. <laughs> uh, you know, good versus evil. The evil will prevail, good will prevail. Uh, oh, there's a final fight in the end when we have to fight, or the person has to fight this big enemy and they have to win because they are good. I want to just make it clear this morning. The Bible we read, has nothing to do with God versus the devil. There is no contest against God with the devil. The devil is like so small. He is so small. It's like, it's like, I like what Dr. Graham used to say when we were in the LTS. He used to say that it's like the devil is an ant saying to an elephant, I'll take you down. I'll take you down. I'll crush you. I'll finish you. In Psalms chapter 2, the Bible says that God loves. Ha, ha, ha. Because the devil is no contest. God has no equal. God has no rival. The issue here is that the devil is fighting you and I. The children of God, those who are made in the image of God, those are the ones the devil is busy trying to get to. You see, the best way to get to a parent is through the child. We are the children of God, so the devil knows he cannot fight against God. God is big, he's huge, there's no way he's gonna have a chance to take him down, therefore he comes for, for us. Because he knows he has a chance with us. If he can grab hold of our attention, Move us away from our relationship with God, then He is going to catch us. Now, in this scripture that we just read earlier, Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 20, Paul says that we actually have an armor. You see, it's like God prepares us for this battle, for this battle we need to take. You see, the war is won already by Jesus on the cross when He died for us. He has done it all. So when we stand in the armor, Of God that God has provided us with we stand in the confidence of God I love how that scripture starts for it's in the strength of God the one that God provided us with is the reason we can stand we know in our own strength there's just not a chance we cannot go against the devil he's too strong for us but God says he provides us with weapons weapons that will help us to be able to stand against the enemy so how do we apply this armor how do we apply this armor? I have grouped it into three main points. Three main points. The first point is character. Character. The second point is confidence. The third point that the armor provides us with is consistency. Character, confidence, consistency. Let's start off with character. You see, I have um, taken the liberty this morning to actually organize the real armor. How's that for cool? I, I am so privileged to have, to have a, an armor like this. And this is just to illustrate the point around each piece of the armor and why each piece is so important. Under character, Paul tells us that we are to put on the belt of of truth you see in the olden days if a soldier didn't have their belt on basically the whole armor would fall off and they wouldn't have anything else holding the armor they would also need to have normally they would put in their weapons here so that the armor this belt can hold it together and so If the belt is not intact, is not in place, the whole thing doesn't hold together. You see, the truth is what makes us who we are. It's a trademark that we do have. If we are believers, we need to be known for telling what? The truth. If the devil is the father of lies, and Jesus is the truth, then we are to speak which language? the truth, and so we need the truth to hold us, to hold this together, to hold this armor together. We need the truth, but then the enemy comes, and he whispers lies, and we believe the lie. But the word of God encourages us that we are to make sure that we have the belt of truth buckled on. The belt of truth is that important, When people speak about you, I wonder, is truth part of your trademark? Is truth part of who you are? Or is another language part of who you are? If I go to France, I hear people speak in French, Spain, they speak in Spanish. And us as believers, our language should be truth. Because if we are not in the truth of God, if we are not having this belt on, it becomes very difficult for anyone to actually even believe what we say. And so the part of the armor of God is to have this belt of truth on as part of our character. As part of our character also, it speaks about having the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. This was, prote- was to protect the soldiers in the day, against any harm, somebody coming against them, especially if they want to either stab them on the, on the heart or on, on the stomach. And so they would normally have this on to protect them. But also, interesting enough, the armor at the back doesn't have the same protection as in the front. This was to show that we need other people behind us, isn't it? We need other believers to be praying with us isn't it? We need others to stand with us when we are going through difficult times. And so our character gets tested. Truth is tested. Righteousness, having our right standing with God, it's a given already. We are in right standing with God when we are in Christ. But we have to walk our belief. We have to show the world around us this is what we believe. Even when the enemy comes and he attacks the truth that we know, we can respond because we are under armor, under God's protection. I once heard of a story, they say that there was a guy driving, and as he was about to cross this road, the traffic light turned yellow. Normally, I don't know about you, sometimes I do get tempted here I am confessing. I do get tempted that when it turns yellow, I tend to increase my accelerations. Like, it goes, it's green, 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 and then I'm like, mm. as soon as it says yellow, mm, <laughs> just to make it through the yellow light. This gentleman, though, didn't do it like me. When he saw the yellow light, he stopped. But then there was another car behind him, hoping he would do just what I said to you, increase the speed and go through. and they would go together. He stopped. This lady, in the car behind this guy, she started hooting.,,. How could you) This lady didn't realize that behind her, there was a police car. So the policeman saw all this, so he climbs out of the car, knocks on this lady's window, she opens the window, yes, says, ma'am, I'm a police, can you please step out of the car? The policeman took him in the police station, handcuffed everything, they took his finger fingerprints. She had to hold that thing, take a picture. They took it to the holding cell. At the same time, when they were doing that, they ran the number plates. When the police man came out, he was so embarrassed. He said, I am so sorry, ma'am. I didn't realize that this was your car. You see, behind your car, I saw speakers. The stickers that says, Jesus loves you. I saw a sticker that's, that had the, the fish with the uh, chrome thing that says, Jesus is for you. we are going to be catchers of, of men, not of fish. And I saw a sticker about the children's church where you, where you might be serving. So when I heard you and when I saw you doing this, I thought, this car must definitely be stolen. There is just no way that what I just heard and saw you doing aligns with your actions and with your stickers. So I'm so sorry, ma'am. Moral of the story, you see, the fact that I sleep in a garage, as much as that doesn't make me a car, or swim in the sea, makes me a fish. As much as it is, when one comes to church, we presume they're a follower of Jesus. We need to be having the truth. We need to have righteousness, and it needs to show. Does it show in your life? Does it show in my life? May our actions and our words align with God. Amen. The second main point, confidence, confidence. Now Paul goes on and he says to us around this armor, if you want to stand and you want to fight and to remain standing, you will need two things. You will need the helmet, salvation (laughs) he says you will need the shield of faith why is that why is it that we will need the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith I want to tell you this morning sometimes being a follower of Jesus is tough sometimes being a follower of Jesus is difficult The enemy is constantly coming against us. He keeps shooting arrows, fiery arrows. arrows. interesting that our shield is a shield of faith. Why is it the shield of faith? It's a shield of faith because there comes a time when the enemy shoots doubt at us. He discourages us, he tells us, is God really for you? If he's really for you and you really believe in him, why is this happening to, to you? Why are you not feeling well and not getting healed? Why is it that your child is responding this way? Why is it that you are losing your work, your job, your income? Why is it that, hey, there's so many things that he keeps on throwing at us. He throws doubt at us. He asks us a question, are you really a child of God? Do you really belong to him? Does God really exist? You see, the enemy's tactics have never changed since the time of Adam and Eve. When he comes against us, he comes in the same way. But God has provided us with the armor that we need. When that time comes, you can say, I can stand because Christ is with me. I can stand because God is for me. I am standing in faith that no matter what happens, He will come through. That God, like Romans 8 always says to us, that He's working it out all for good. Even though sometimes we feel we are in the corner, God says He's working it out all for good. And so we have the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. And these are very important because they help us to understand that no matter what, we are able to stand against the enemy's tactics. There was a a famous architect. His name was Frank Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright. He was one of the best architects of his time, about 70 years ago or so. And he was asked to come and build this huge hotel in Japan. But if you know Japan, Japan battles with a lot of earthquakes. And so they asked him, you need to build a hotel that won't be affected should there be any earthquakes. This gentleman took the challenge. He went and he started to work in this place. But as they were digging foundations for this whole big hotel, there was a challenge. About 18 meters down where they were building, there was this mud. this soft jelly-like mud. And so they couldn't actually put the building there, but that was the only place that was available at the time to build this hotel. He had to come up with plans, get beams, put in structures to try and make sure that when the earthquake comes, it won't collapse. For four years, he tried this. It didn't work. He came to a conclusion, the only way I can make this building to stand is if I build it like a ship. Because a ship, what does it do? It just flows on water. And so he decided he's going to build it in such a way that it's like this whole ship, cruise ship. And so he started putting certain things in place, structural things in place to make sure that this building, instead of trying to make it on the ground, make it firm, he started to decide that maybe the best way was to build somehow on top of this mud so that when this earthquake comes, the building might shake, but it won't collapse. And so he built it up four years later. He managed to do it, and he did it in such a way that it was remarkable in his time that he could achieve such a feat. Eventually, he left, went back home to the U.S. Just after that time, Isn't it interesting? Just after you had a good word and you had a good time with God, something happens. And this gentleman, just after he finished this building, the biggest earthquake Japan has ever seen in 52 years took place. It collapsed buildings around completely. The record that is on is that there were about 140,000 people's lives affected. But this hotel stood throughout that earthquake. And they called him and they said, listen, there's been such a big disaster in Japan, but the hotel that you designed, that you built, is still standing. You see, when we build our lives in the strength of who God is, in the confidence of who God is, when we're holding on to our shield of faith, and when we know that our salvation is true, even though the world around us may be falling off, may be collapsing, may be taking a lot of strain on, we may be taking a lot of strain in our lives, we are called to stand. We are called to stand. We are called to stand. stand. Because our faith is not in only what we see. Our faith is in the one who made heaven and earth. The one who doesn't change from past, present, and in the future. He remains the same. Our future can be secure in him. And so this is the call of God upon our lives. Remember the faith. Remember the salvation. Paul goes on to his third main point, consistency, consistency. Remember the first point, character. The second point, confidence. The third point, consistency. Consistency. What is necessary for us to remain consistent? What is necessary for us to remain consistent? I've got a sword here. I must say, every time I hold this, something gets very exciting in my... (laughs) It gets very, very excited. Um, We are told that we have the Word of God, which is the sword of of the Spirit. You see, in the whole armor, this is the weapon. This one is the one that When the enemy comes, you can say, you know what? I've been getting a couple of arrows, but now it's my turn. (laughs) The weapon that we have in the Lord is very powerful. We must not underestimate, we were hearing this morning, that we mustn't be familiar with God. Can I add on that and say, let us not be familiar with reading God's word. Let us be in God's word, always eat of his word. Because the, st- the more we spend time in the word of God, our sword in the spirit gets stronger. We are able to go against the enemy with confidence. You are able to say to the enemy when he comes close, you say, greater is he that is in me. Come close and I will shock. <laughs> you dare. But there comes a time also where the word, it's something that we lean on. When it's hard, when it's difficult, Lord, I lean on your word. Lord, I lean on your promises. When you're not feeling well, you say, Lord, Mark 11:28." 28. You said whatever that I ask for, and if I believe, I will receive it, and it will be mine. You hold on to those words. You hold on to those words, and you say, God, I'm trusting in you. God is difficult, but I'm leaning on you. The word of God is powerful. Sharper than a double-edged sword. Interesting enough, when Jesus went against the devil, did he show off his powers? He spoke the word. He spoke the word. When you're going through difficult situations, speak God's word. God's word is life. God's word is one that provides. It opens a path where there's no path. You can walk confidently with him. Walk with the Lord. Consistency, consistency. The other part that we are told about is about we need to go on and be ready to share the gospel. I have swaps, I don't have those gladiator sandals. those cool ones. Um, but the ones that I have, it's just to illustrate just a point, that we are called not to just hold on to the Word, but we are called to tell the world about the goodness of God, what He has done in our lives, what He wants to do in the world around us, and this is what we are called to go and do. We are to share, we have to have open lives about who we are and give it to those that may not know the Lord. You might be in a work space where it's so difficult. Maybe you work under a boss or a leader or supervisor, and things are so challenging, and you're thinking, ah, there's just no way. You know, there are just some people, you start to think this to yourself, there are just some people, ah, even even if I speak to to this person about the Lord, they're not going to even hear it. They don't even understand it. And you sort of lose hope that someone may know God through you. Can I just encourage you this morning, look for God opportunities, for God moments to come and share the word with somebody. I always say, if there's just a small moment, I will grab it and I will share with someone. And so every time, look for the best way you can grab hold of someone and share with them about God and what he has done in your life. Your testimony is Actually, your message, what God has done for you, it's exactly that which you need to go and share with the world around you. The last main point under consistency is this the sub point it's prayer. Prayer. It says that we are to pray in tongues in all occasions. Pray in tongues in all occasions. Why must we be praying in all occasions? Prayer is the way we connect with the Lord. Prayer is the way we say to the Lord, Lord, this is where I find myself. I want to know what do you have to say. Lord, I am looking to you to come through and speak to me. Lord, I need your answer in the situation where I find myself. And so Paul says that you must pray in all occasions. You must be full of thankfulness, gratitude, and that is exactly what we are called to do and to be consistent in. When we are speaking around the matter of prayer, I remember there was a time when I was spending time with the Lord and I was reading the word and I was I was I was praying. But you know, sometimes you pray and then there are some things that are going through you, the back of your mind, and you feel like, must I really, you know, do it? you're solving problems while you're praying. I don't know. I always try. It's like I'm solving a problem. Lord, thank you for, <laughs> but what am I going to do with this thing? My head it goes on like that. And so in one of these occasions, I remember I was praying, and, and I'm going through in my head around this, but I'm praying at the same time. I remember the Lord's, showing me a picture of a road. And I see, it's like a wrong road, and I see myself walking on this road. And then I see on the yellow lane, I see like an like image, but this image presented, represented the devil. And I'm walking, and as, as I'm walking, I hear this voice speaking, and it says, you don't think you're going to do it. You don't. It starts to speak all these words that discouraged me. And it starts to say these things. And I, and I want to, you know, in my attitude sometimes I feel like I need to go closer and attend to this and really hear what is going on there. I, I, so in my head, I'm, I'm solving this thing. And I hear these words from this image on the yellow lane. And I start to get distracted. And I felt the Lord saying to me, You see, let this is how the devil works. For you to be able to remain consistent in God's word, to be consistent in sharing about him and in prayer, he cannot do much. He cannot come on your lane and push you off your lane. The best thing he can do is to speak doubt, fear, and distract you from your path. If you allow the enemy to speak these things, suddenly you feel like you need to come closer and then you go on the other lane. And on the other lane, you, you crash. You will never going to make it to your destiny. As long as you take what he says to you, you get out of your lane and you go on the wrong lane. You see, the enemy cannot come onto your lane. But if you are distracted and you allow yourself to be distracted, to be distracted from God's word, to be distracted from connecting with him, to be distracted from sharing about him, if you are distracted like that, The enemy gets his way. And so, I want to bring this to a close. You might be here and you're saying, my character, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if truth is like a companion. I'm not sure if I have a right standing with the Lord. When it comes to confidence, you might say, I'm not so sure that my faith is intact. I'm not so sure about my salvation. When it comes to consistency, you might say, I'm not consistent in my prayer time, I'm not consistent in the word, I'm not consistent in sharing the gospel with others. And if any of those three speak to you, and you're saying, I'm making myself available, that I will have character, confidence, and consistency in who you've called me to be. I would like to invite you to please stand. We are all on a walk with the Lord. I always say it's a journey. None of us has arrived, but we are all walking with Him. And as we pray this morning, I want us to pray that the Lord, wherever you are, and whatever that you find yourself in, that you may be able to connect with Him and be faithful in your walk with Him. Father, I want to thank you for my brothers and sisters this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you are for them and that wherever they feel that they, they fall short, Lord, that you would speak to them this morning, that you will walk with them, that you will encourage them, that they may be found in you as you intend them to be. And so, Lord, we thank you for all that stood and they said, Lord, I want my character to be aligned with yours, that I will have truth and the, the right standing with you as I should. And those that also stood and said, Lord, I want consistency, consistency, give me desire to have consistency in your word, desire to have consistency in my prayer life and in sharing about you. And lastly, Lord, I want to pray for those who are saying, I'm not sure about salvation. I don't, I'm not sure about the faith that I need to stand. Father, I pray for those also that you will speak into their hearts this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take this moment and do a prayer over you before, before we leave. It's in Jude chapter 1, verse 24 to 25. And you can bow your heads and as I pray. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence, without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you so much for your time. I would, I would like to invite anyone who feels that there's things that they want to pray for and those that feel around their salvation and they believe in the Lord, there will be pastors here to pray with you But please also remember this baptism open from this morning. Have a blessed week and thank you for your time.